Good morning and good afternoon. I'm Bill Connor. You've reached the Digital Shop Talk Radio. Um, hopefully you joined us by um, signing in live by going to autovitals.com forward slash radio and filling out the registration form so that you can go ahead and, and join us on a weekly basis. Um, we're all the way up to episode number 144, so we've been doing this for a while. And today I've got uh, Ken Anderson, owner of B&L Quality Repair LLC with us, plus Uva, Autovital's very own Chief Innovation Officer. And here today we're going to be discussing digital shop methods and tools. And many shop owners and managers have discovered some new technologies that offer some opportunities in their shop. And sometimes their use seems obvious, but they can go ahead and turn around and, and sometimes even backfire if they're not used efficiently and effectively. So a good example is over-texting resulting in opt-outs and customers going ahead and cutting off this you know, effective tool because they're, they feel they're over-communicated with. So digital interaction with motorists is more or less about getting things right, not doing more of, of certain things. So Ken's gonna be sharing with us some things that he's learned in his shop and also as a, um, somebody that pokes around in different forums on the industry, he's gonna go ahead and probably share with some things that he's learned or heard from other people. So you'll take away some solid information um, on these important topics and you'll learn from panelists that are operating shops just like yours. So if you wouldn't mind, Uva, if you would go ahead and, and get us started off here, um, I'm sure we've got plenty to cover. Oh, yeah, thank you. And thanks, Ken, for uh, coming on. Um, <clears throat> false friends means basically you think it's an, an awesome opportunity and you just apply what you think is right. And then it turns out it's not a good friend because it backfires or it's not exactly what you were looking for. And, and, and maybe I start with an example and I mentioned that in, 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 in <clears throat> podcasts before, you know, the digital inspection was often seen as a huge opportunity because it's now digital and I can change the inspection sheet in a few seconds. I don't need to go to a printer if I want to change a topic, right? And then throw away my pile of paper. Um, and, and lots of people embrace that uh, flexibility and, and said, oh, why don't I go from a 35 inspection topic sheet to 90 because I now can add more stuff to it and 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 do a better service for my customers and the technicians will find more and then it backfired for most of them because the technician said wow that's more than twice as what we did before and it takes longer and they were not motivated to jump from 35 to 90. And, and, and then all of a sudden the digital inspection got a kind of bad rap in that shop at least because it was overdone, right? So the, the idea of being flexible in your inspection sheet was not accompanied with the process of buy-in by the whole team and getting feedback and so on. Um, Ken, how did you, how was it with your shop? It was, 
we did start out, we, we did not have paper because I didn't believe in that. My background was from dealerships. I opened up a shop, this shop about 13 years ago. Uh, and the idea, so having been through that environment, everybody knows, you know, you get the red, green, yellow, little sheets, little paper sheets, because uh, we had been paper. Starting my own shop, I decided initially that was, I did not want it because it was, it got a bad rap. It did, like you mentioned, because it was, it was felt like it was not a tool to inform the customer, help them. It was a tool to sell and make money, which is not, you know, there's more to it than that. Um, right. There should be more to it than that. Uh, once we got going in our shop, we had, we actually built it. Uh, one of the things important too, is to make sure in our case, we had a point of sale system that we could utilize. And within that system, we built our own little, you know, a job, can job, if you will, for uh, inspections. And we kept it simple. Um, and we got, had a routine. That was one of the ruts we'd gotten into for 10, 10 plus years. It was easy. It was a, a short list, but we could keep track of it easy. And it was always on the repair order. So it wasn't a separate piece of paper. It was in the, it's in the system. We could pull it up and go. So that was one of the real good, you know, we thought it was a great, and it served its purpose. Uh, right. But we started looking into wanting to expand and go digital. We wanted to have, you know, go paperless completely and make it easy for everybody in the shop, but also get more information out to the customer. And we started having, trying out different uh, DVI systems. Uh, and we started running into finding out that they weren't the right fit, because I, as you said, you start, you could easily tweak it. Some of the base ones that we were, that we were originally given, you have 50, 60 points and you're trying to figure out, you know, that's not us. That's not how we, we don't operate that way. And you, you always hear the, you know, the, hear the line, every shop's different. It's not like my shop, my shop's just, but it is, but in reality, everybody's, yes, you, you're all for the same goal. You're all going the same direction. It's just a few little, a few little, you know, side street difference. You're a block over, you know, from block east or block west. You're all going the same route. Um, so once we get figured out, the big thing is making sure your guys were, uh, your team was part of it. And you make sure you've got to have a team. And one of the big issues, like you mentioned with the, well, I can update or I can change that inspection sheet so easily now because suddenly it's a new technology and I can just, you know, a few finger, a few keystrokes and poof, I have another, you know, another five lines on it. And a lot of times you're doing that as an owner and you many times will kind of fail to include your team with it. And so the next time your tech opens up and gets that inspection, they start looking at it. Suddenly there's another line added or there's another piece added. And many times you don't think of it as, Hey, ask what your other guys are doing. You know, ask the guys, you know, and actually, you know, if you've not been on the line for a while, uh, yourself turning wrenches, go down there and do the inspection with them. So you understand, well, what are you, what is it you're looking at? Uh, what are you asking your guys to do? And suddenly you realize that, okay, well, that was stupid. I don't need to check the glove box light on every vehicle. You know, that was a, you know, a little foo-foo that I don't need to have. Uh, so there is a, you, we've heard it from other shops, other guys, other mechanics I've kept in touch with over the years. Uh, I did have one, uh, one guy, uh, he moved back East. Uh, we worked with him for many years. And he said that shop that he had, they had a 127 point inspection and it did include the club box light. Uh, that's why I brought that up. It's like, okay, what's the point of, of, of that? You understand it. Yes. It's a nice little thing to, to add a you know, caveat for the customer, but that is really over the top. Um, Cause we're not worried about, you know, something like that's not good. That'd be nice thing if we come across it and fix it. Great. But we're more more concerned with like brake lights, uh, parking lights, you know, the things are for customer safety. So they can drive the car and they know it's going to be reliable. Um, then yes, you can expand and get the fancier uh, inspections, but 
the the big thing, the initial trip up is that you look at it, as you say, suddenly you're just gung ho and things and you just kind of blow past everybody. And then all of a sudden you realize that you've got to reel yourself back in as an owner. And then you've got to include everybody else in, involved in that and get and then get your guys, your team involved, the service writers, your, if you have it, uh, your tech, especially the guys doing the job. Hey, let's you know sit down and figure out a routine that would work mm-hmm. good for us and be reasonable. You know, we're not here. Do to you try. think that whenever you started going down that path, and I've seen other shop owners do this, that they're relying on that initial inspection to tell them everything about the car, rather than using the inspection to go and say that there is a system pinpoint test we need to do on this instead, and actually go ahead and sell that opportunity to go ahead and and test the system or component rather than trying to have, build an all inclusive inspection sheet. Yes, I think so. We actually stumbled through that a little bit as well, uh, because suddenly you have an inspection that would, or going through, and you you want to check out a particular. Uh, I can't think of a good example. It evades me right now, but suddenly your mechanic is looking down, like okay, check it, uh, scan codes. You know, just they see, do you have any stored codes in your computer? Um, and don't check engine light, just as a heads up. And suddenly you have a mechanic that's trying to diagnose why that why that code is there. And then you realize, wait, guys, you know, that's not, we're here, we're doing that to inform the customer. We're not doing that to fix it at this time. You know, it, they, it may have been in there for, who knows, maybe it's been in there for the last two months and it doesn't bother the customer. The car runs fine. It's a ghost code. Um, but that's where you guys, it takes a little bit of practice. I mean, it's, it's taken us, you know, a bit over a year to really hone, hone down to what we're doing. And even then, just this last week, we you know, tweaked it a little bit there and it caused some turmoil and then, made a minor adjustment and we're back again to where we, you know, where it's better. Um, but it's the change of going to digital has been, for us, has been phenomenal. Uh, but as I mentioned, some of the, the startup of there was, it all, the start of it was getting texting with our customers. And then we went from texting to digital vehicles to, to DVI after that. So as you got more mature into your inspection sheet, did you go ahead and find out that sometimes maybe less is more and they use the inspection to go ahead and actually that free courtesy inspection that so many do to lead to paid inspections instead? Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That is something that you, your digital inspection is not a, a do-all, end-all. It's not going to be suddenly you have this, this uh, application available and that's going to be super simple for everything. And that's going to answer all your questions. It, it isn't. Uh, we do offer, right at this point, we've, we were looking at doing five, six, seven different inspections. Um, and we've narrowed it down here to, to two at this point in time. Mm-hmm. We're doing our courtesy inspection that comes with every oil change uh, and, and a quick look over. It's not that many points, but it is fairly fairly thorough. You know, it gets a good basics down. Uh, gives a customer a heads up. And then we do have one that's a paid inspection that we do dig a little deeper into the vehicle. Um, so we, you know, the first one's free, the other one we charge an hour for, and that means the techs go through everything right down to checking, scanning the computer, checking all the lights, checking, you know, hoses, belts, hoses, all the fluids. Um, and it is the car a very thorough, you know, front to back. And that we actually are starting to notice that more customers are wanting to do that than they are, you know, they get the free one if they come in for an oil change anyway. But there are times they will forego that. They, I want the more thorough inspection. Um, but it's taking a different, it's a different clientele approach. You know, different, you know, that's a part of it as well as how it's presented to, to them at the counter. 
And and would you would you say that most people who do now the more comprehensive inspection have seen at a previous visit the what you call pre-inspection and now want more? It's probably a split on all honesty. Many times we do have uh-huh. some people come in. The ones our regular customers come in that do their oil changes us once or twice a year. They come through with their vehicle. They see it, but then they, hey, I'm going to go on a trip. I want my vehicle checked over. And they'll come in and separately do the comprehensive inspection. I see. And it, it gives them just peace of mind. But it's also, we have some folks that we've never seen. People come in. No, I want to, I want to kind of baseline my vehicle. So I want as thorough as I can get on it. You know, what can mm-hmm. you, what can you offer? And then here's what we have. Very you, cool. You introduce them to kind of a, a good and a best right from the first time you ever see them. You know, we can do this or this you choose. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's the easy approach. We say, if you'd like, we can, uh, and actually the my front counter guys are very good at it. Uh, they're going through and offering it to them. That if for you know, one hour labor, you know, we're at a hundred bucks an hour. Uh, it's going to, it'll cost you, yes, it'll be a hundred dollars, but you're going to have a pretty, a very thorough list of what you, your potential needs are on the car and what condition you're starting with. So we know if you need to you know, prepare for something in the future or save up a little money or what you, you know, how we want to inform the customer and keep them in the loops. They know about their vehicle. We're not trying to upsell them on anything. Mm-hmm. And so in my observation, free lowest the value. Right. Have you considered calling it something else like vehicle health inspection or something where, you know, the focus on the free is less emphasized? We, don't, we still call it a courtesy. We don't do it by itself. It's, it's always going to be combined with the vehicle, with other services on the vehicle. I see. So it's, it's not they don't come in and get just the free inspection. Um, it's oh, I be, see. At minimum, it'll be the oil changer rotate, uh, or if it's on the rack for you know any you know you need CV axles, we'll come in and we'll run and do a, a quick inspect on it. But that's mm-hmm. the fact that we've got it down because we trimmed it down. It took us so much time to fine tune right. it, so the tech guys can do that in ten to fifteen minutes, knock out a, a, a decent inspection. It's going to be you know I'll catch anything obvious you know, and let the customer know that overall the vehicle looks, looks in good shape. Uh, so the question becomes is, does the title of inspection make a difference? So let's say that we've got a title that is doing the exact same inspection in the eyes of the customer as far as value. Does a vehicle health inspection have a higher value to the customer than a courtesy check? I would say yes, it does. It is, it is a certain amount of, as you say, perceived value, even though we can say the same, we can have three inspections that are identical and you name each one differently and price each of them differently. And then you, you know, you can, it's making money, but it's what was the customer going to pick? And sometimes you might actually know that this is the same thing, but are you, is that what you want to do to your customer? Uh, no, I mean, we don't want to do that, but you, yes, yes, you can, because it's just a, just like you see in many products in the store, it might be the same exact thing with a different label on it, but it's the same right. thing at different price. So we, you know, we don't try to package it that way, but there is a value. If you don't name it, you know, watch how you name things. It's definitely because, you know, like you say, it's not a race to the bottom. You're trying to offer the customer a service. And there's a reason you are offering this service to customers because you, you care about them, their car, and you want to make sure they're safe on the road. I, I personally think there's also a, 
follow-up step to it, right? A vehicle health inspection suggests more strongly that there will be a discussion about the results and, and that is about the health of the vehicle, right? It takes away this potential thinking, they just want to find work I have to pay for, right? And, and right. but, but I, I see totally where you're coming from. If you combine it with other work, it's, it's, it's offered as a gesture to keep the vehicle running implicitly. The title doesn't need to uh, emphasize it because the way you, you communicate it, it's already communicated to the customer. It's a value-added service, if you will. Yes. Um, yeah, and that's, yeah, that's the big, if you don't, if you start offering, as you say, you know, free inspections, you get people in the door, right. you're, you're not going to really gain what you think you're going to gain. Yes. That's kind of the, like you say, if that's a false friend practice right there, uh, definitely. Because, right. hey, come on <laughs> in, we'll give you a free inspection. Right. And many times you will spend all the time doing that. I think it's a great, you're going to get customer base and you're going to you know, really you know, impress a lot of people. But many times that's a, that's a little backfire because they will come in and utilize that free service and you're trying to do, do for them and go somewhere else with it or take care of it themselves. Right. So in the long run, you don't, you can't establish that relationship with the customer and then to make sure their car is taken care of, their vehicle is taken care of, they just are looking for where they can get the cheapest thing done at. So you're actually trying to draw in by doing that. It sounds counterintuitive, you think when you're offering something free, you're going to get good, you know, you get a lot of people, but a lot of times your, your clientele base is the wrong clientele base you're trying to pull in and you're going to get the shop hoppers, you know, that you know, they jump at shop, 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 wherever they can get the job done right. for free or the cheapest. Right. And that's Makes usually not, we, that's how we, we don't want that. That's not, yeah. you know, none of us as owners want that because we, and that what the customer does not often understand is when they do that, they're not doing themselves any favors either. You know, right. Because every shop has to redo the work that other shop has done, so they're they're actually paying more in the long run than just sticking with one shop. Right. Uh, we have a question from Amy. Uh, I'm new to Auto Vitals and shop management. Are you recommending that we only use Auto Vitals on inspections and not all services? Uh, I'm not even sure what she means. Um, I would, I would take that as a, uh, I mean, it, we definitely want to use auto vitals on inspections and we also want to go ahead and use the work order part of it to go ahead and increase the, the value management. or perception of, of what we do. So, you know, to go ahead in anything that's pictures and stuff related to the actual work that's being done today, we can use them on the work order section to go ahead and, you know, build value into what we're doing on these complex vehicles. So maybe that's along the lines of um, how that question is directed. And well, that actually, brings that, up. That's, oh, that's exactly the topic we, <laughs> we also wanted to cover, right? Um, to, to focus just on the inspection and the digital experience and, and keep the work order separate and, and just um, treat it like before, right? It's a new right. tool, new inspection, work order stays the same. And that's a false friend, you know, because you're losing a lot of 
opportunity and it's also real to the customer oh the inspection is digital but the work order you know test and, and other things and i don't want to take your thunder away ken so help us understand how you determine what i want some good. lightning with that thunder though <laughs> <laughs> sorry clouds are fresh out today uh, the uh that's kind of we had to auto vitals has actually ended up being our third uh digital inspection platform that we tried um and but there was what it offered fit our shop and what was what the direction i wanted to go in um initially you're you're very right over the the fact that you suddenly have again a false you know, a false friend if you will is hey i've got a digital inspection and it's treated separately and it is it's like kind of like an outcast you know it's not welcoming right. to the family well one of the things that was so good with having a point of sale system is what, what can you how can you leverage the technology now all of a sudden auto vitals uh, was using and as, as the other ones they were using potentially ipads or your phone or what have you uh, they, they did not seem to enter there was no interaction between them and our point of sale system so they kind of isolate themselves to, from the get-go and the offerings are very slim so we could we were able to you know our, our first goal our first driving goal was opening another channel of communications to the customer because we had been to prior to COVID, it was always a phone call people walking in um and even and, and to some degree a small amount of email but once we started looking at the dvi options and we wanted to interface a few things that was a big thing to interface what's going to make the job easier because having a standalone digital inspection is just actually putting more work on your on your crew and not and how you're really getting anything out of that it's just making people starting to do things two or three times over uh we actually started once we got into stepped up through and got to auto vitals because of some of our bad experiences with the previous dvis we worked at it a little bit backwards and bill was kind of rough on me for a while uh during the during the initial onboarding uh but we did work backwards on a few things we actually started using it because auto vitals was able to um one offered the the, the tech to just do the to text to, or talk to speech your speech to text excuse me um, so suddenly they could just push a button talk the notes are there so no more there's a greasy paperwork with handwriting on there no more they have to run to the to the keyboard start typing up a story at the same token they could also take a picture of what they found treating it as a work order uh, because suddenly that was like following it was a side effect it was a lot of us uh, for lack of a better term a lot of cya uh, they're proving that we did what we said we did um, and this, and all of a sudden they're seeing a value and that actually helped the guys in the back, uh, during onboarding, because suddenly they started to see there was a little bit more value. Oh, okay. And, and ease, uh, the big thing was the, the interaction or interfacing between, uh, our, our point of sale system at that time. And then they're talking, there's just the, the efficiency, the texts were suddenly they, they, they went for it. And we weren't even really doing the inspections. The inspections were kind of secondary or back in the in the background. Uh, at that point, we did learn that our point of sale system was not up to snuff. And we did make the change. Uh, if in our case, we did switch, we switched over from uh, we had WinWorks at the time, and I had that for ten years. It was a great program. It worked really well for us. And that was one of those you know ruts comfort zone things that we knew how the program worked. We could use it, and we switched over after doing some checking of other options and 
reaching out, figuring out what program best integrated at that time with auto vitals because of the power that and having the guys be able to in the back push a button or talk and it shows up on the work order. So we're not transposing and retyping and suddenly you're overloading your front end guys because uh, they're they're having to translate and retype it and copy and paste wasn't always working and it was a headache. Um, well once we switched we actually we ended up going back in the day a little over a year ago we went with Protractor. And for us, that has been, it's, it's unbelievable how opened uh, the, the interface between the, the two are, what the mechanic can do. And that just opened up the eyes to the mechanics in the back that they suddenly I, I can talk and I push this button on here and the service writer has it up front already on the ticket ready to go. And then the service writers took a while to kind of get them, you know, they felt a little iffy on that, but, but working backwards from that standpoint, the guys in the back were really liking how well it worked with the work orders. So then we started little by little inter- integrating and pushing the inspections and upgrading our inspections. I'm sorry, name was Protractor. So, so what did you do exactly on the work order when you didn't do the inspection? You know, what was it just limited to diagnostic and test jobs or was there more? Uh, it was, especially on, on diagnostics or wiring jobs, that type of thing. But even so, we tried to get them to look at, okay, a water pump or, or even even something as simple as, hey, they change out an air filter. Just do a before and after. Uh, just a real quick picture, click, click. Um, at the same token, if you're having to get into something awkward, like a, a, some of the, a cabin filter, you know, well, some of these are real easy. You pop it, you pop them out. Uh, there are some, though, that you have to dismantle a good chunk of the interior to get to this stupid little filter in there. So maybe take a picture. And we, the customer, well, why does it cost so much? Here's oh, why. Okay. You know, so it, again, we're trying to inform the customer, explain that because they many times the consumer does not understand what we have to do on our side and how the you know, how the car is put together. They don't know. They just okay. They come in and they still have a, a common mis, a common notion that you plug a scan tool in and that'll tell you. Oh, here's what's wrong with it. Put this part on and drive it off the door. Right. And it's it's not that way as we as we know in the field. But if we can inform and let the customer know and give them a little bit of knowledge in the background that they realize, oh, okay, that's why. And obviously you guys know what you're doing because I got my car back. It's all in, it's all back together. There's no noises, no rattles, and nothing is falling apart. So you must have done your job right. Uh, but, there's, but that also plays into anything that most any repair on the car whether it's wheel bearings, if it's, you know, even many customers, there are some that don't care. They don't, they just want the car fixed. doesn't matter. Right. Uh, but there are many customers that are still very interested and curious about their vehicle. They just don't have any way to get that information through, you know, they, they're very awkward. They, they are embarrassed to go up and they don't want to go into a shop and ask questions like that. Mm-hmm. With this, we can give them that information and they can learn it and look it up and, and deal with it on their terms and then come back and feel Okay, I can ask a question now. You guys aren't, you know, we're not trying to belittle them. So, if you were going to go what? into a high volume, you know, a huge shop that was, you know, operating perfectly, you're saying that a good way to go ahead and onboard them is to go ahead and, and explain to the technicians how to use a tablet on the work order, get a tablet in everybody's hand and remove paper from the, the shop that same day, so to say, and then work into the inspections a little bit at a time with a few people at a time. That worked for us. I'm, we've only got 
uh, four, you know, three mechanics. You know, so we were not a big shop, but it was getting the comfort level and the fact that we had some bad experiences with a DVI to start with. We worked with what the guys were comfortable with. They were comfortable with our old point of sale system because they they were actually typing up the their stories. They were typing the notes in themselves. Mm-hmm. When it, the the eye was when they could just talk and suddenly that 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 won them over immediately. You know the speech mm-hmm. to text. They were just thrilled with that because uh, how many mechanics you know can type or, or write for that matter? And most of like us a can't. Markle effect. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a greasy thumbprint done. Seal of approval. Uh, but that's uh, but that suddenly you realize how much of it freed them up. It was an eye opener for them working from the work because they were already comfortable. So instead of trying to completely kick them out of the comfort zone, work with you know you've got to kind of look at, at yourself as an owner as well, not just a you know make sure you're doing it correctly because a lot of times we will overlook as owners and look at things incorrectly and push it push something that we're saying. Hey, we see this. This is what we're going to do, but we're tripping over everybody to do it. So if we can keep them, you know, uh, I have I have one of my uh, front counter guys has a good saying. It's constant gentle pressure. Um, and so if we can just take that little, you're, everybody's in a rut. Everybody's in a comfort zone. Just a little nudging, just a little nudging. And suddenly, next thing you know, the rut getting a little less, and you are out of it. But they're comfortable with using the t- technology, um, and that's a big thing because not everybody. I do have one one tech that is, you know, anti-technology, uh, who's, you know, and he's actually going to be leaving us. Uh, but that's actually because he's retiring, so it's that's easy to get out of the field. So that's a good thing. But most of the guys that I've got, they love the technology when they see what it can do for them and how much time it saves them. And then what they hear, because they, but as mechanics, we want to show our customer. You know, we used to be able to take the customer, go back under the car or back to their vehicle and say, here's what we're talking about, if they wanted to see it. Now, after, especially after COVID hit, um, a lot of that was not an option. We, you know, people weren't coming out. I mean, there's a lot of times now we're not even seeing the customer. We text them, a potential email, maybe a phone call, possibly. The car shows up, the car disappears. So you don't have that human interaction that we used to. I mean, that's, in our case up here, we're not, that's not uh, uh, super, I mean, I'd say it's probably about five five percent maybe of our clientele do that uh, but most of them still come in we still have after hours pickups and we we still have a few other things that we're trying to work with uh on them but it's amazing once you give the customer the information how that opens them up you know speaking about giving the customer information you know we go ahead and we got these inspections now and you know it's it's great that we get them done and blast them out to the customer and we think that that's our our friend that we could go ahead and you know, pick up the phone and call them immediately and say, hey, you know, let's go over this inspection. And we really found out that we really need to change that and give the customer time to look it over and then go ahead and call call us back. So, you know, do we find that as being one of the false friends we have that we can get this in their hands quickly and call them? Or do we need to change our approach? That is actually, well, it does depend on your clientele. It really does. And how your shop is, you know, what your customers are used to. That makes a big difference. But in our in our case, we didn't want to, it worked better to have the customer review it themselves and then wait, you know, that 20 minutes, half hour, and then touch base with them. Uh, one of the other things unless that they was- Unless they called in, unless they called back. Oh, if they call back, then yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Uh, we don't go call and pester them right away. That was one of the big things we, uh, one of my 
pet peeves with some of the, like you mentioned, texting. I don't want to flood the customer with useless information. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I want to keep it very limited communications and just pertinent. So mm-hmm. uh, some of the other DVIs that we tried out, there was a couple that we could go to and we send them everything. There was not this, so we don't know if they even opened it. You know, that was a big, that was a big thing. We don't know if they even looked at it. Uh, but there was also the fact that the S was already on there. So they could just pick and choose what they want to have done. Mm-hmm. And, and that for us, it did not fit our shop very well. Um, and I didn't really like the feel of that because it's, you kind of suddenly take these pictures in inspection, using it as a diagnostic. Here's what's wrong with your car. Here's some pictures. Here's how much it's going to cost. Okay. Yes or no. It's kind of mm-hmm. cold, kind of just blunt. And it's not really the customer sees a picture, but do they know? what that picture is. Do they understand what that part does? Do they, if they even care? Um, but right. many times they do care. They want to know why is that part important? And then once we said, we switched over looking at auto vitals, what, how the educational things go with the inspections. Um, and we can still tie that in with other things. When we send that to the customer, they can look up a video right there all at once. They're not going to have to call uncle Charlie and talk to him about on the phone. Does this make sense? Or, or, you know, husband, wife, son, daughter, whatever. Hey, I think this, the shop wants to do this. It just seemed like a, immediately they just go out and start looking, Googling everything. Um, the, the almighty Google for answers that many times are not correct or comes back or gives false information. And actually it, it backfires. It makes us, it puts your shop in a bad light um, because it, it's kind of cold. It just doesn't give you that personal touch. And, and many and times you have to... And you have to re-educate them because they found 17,000 answers, pick the first 10. <laughs> yeah. And then narrow, then narrow those down from there. Right, yeah, right. exactly. Uh, and it's been amazing. Uh, we did not have the feedback from customers with the other, when we did the other digital vid, uh, DVI uh, programs. Uh, we had some, we had a few that say, oh, that's nice. Um, this time, uh, it's been about a year the feedback from customers is, is huge. Uh, we're starting to get so many more, they've never seen this. They, they love this. This is wonderful. Suddenly you, because you're providing them, not just what's wrong with the car. In our case, we don't send the estimates to them. We don't do that. We want them to learn, know what's wrong with the car. It's, it's, I guess if you've been in the business, well, it's kind of called a, you know, a soft sell because they will sell themselves on. They'll read it. You know, if you show them a video of the ball joint that's loose and sloppy, hey, that's a safety concern. Well, now you have a picture and a video of it, and then you also have a little informational, educational section. What is a ball joint? What does it do? How does it affect my car? Um, because if you look at a picture that we said to customer, it's like looking at our faces here. You know, this is you have this little little blinders, and that's all you've seen is a ball joint. How does that fit in with the rest of the car? What does it do for me? And that suddenly the customer. You, actually seems like it puts them at ease that we're giving them information right in the same, they don't have to go out looking for it. They can pull it up. Oh, that's what that means. And then they call back and they want a little more explanation. Um, And if they still want to, they're welcome to come in. We'll show them, you know, live if they want to, that's not a, not a problem for us. Um, But that most of the time, that's not a case anymore because they see the vid, the pictures, they see the video, hear the noises, and then they, they can do the research right there in what we send them. And it puts them at ease. They feel more confident when they call you back. And it's most of the time they call you, you don't call them. Right. So by putting them in a position to go ahead and make good buying decisions, 
your people are no longer any perception at all that you're trying to sell them anything. Right. And that's something we do not want to have the, the, you know, again, like I say, my dealership background is always a sell, 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 push, push, push. Uh, we have, we're having a special on tranny flushes this month. So start selling tranny flushes. Uh, no, we, we don't. And we're upfront with our customers and we want to maintain that. That's how we had a reputation prior to digital video or digital inspections was we were up front. Yes. They come in for a tranny. Your fluid is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, and it looks like it was just done. You had a sticker under the hood. You had it done 30,000 miles ago or you know 20,000 miles ago. You still got time left on it. Um, whatever this, some of the maintenances are, we will, yeah, we'll gladly, you know, if you'd like us to we'll take your money and take care of that for you. Um, but there's, if you're doing it preventatively, we understand, and we'll gladly take care of that for you. If you're doing it because you think you need to, you know, you, again, it's all about being upfront with your customer. So they know that you're not trying to just empty their wallet. Um, once so they realize. This, so if I get this right, you've transitioned from a paper, a paper inspection that basically had text only on it. Mm-hmm. And then you went up to another level that had a digital inspection with red, green, and yellow and a few pictures. And now you've actually transitioned to an educational tool. Yes, actually, that's a, a very good way to say it because that was a, you know, the original, as Uva mentioned earlier, you suddenly have this, this neat product in front of you that you take pictures of everything and send to the customer. And then you end up, like you said, predominantly overwhelming the customer with pictures and it, not a lot of information. Um, one of the things that we need to do with the education part of things is along the lines is we also send pictures of what's good on their car. You know, if you're constantly bad-mouthing their car or their vehicle, that's, it kind of sends a subliminally uh, a negative message to the customer. Uh, that mm-hmm. now it's, it's, I take my car there every time it's, it's this, this, this is wrong, you know, and we will, we'll readily, you know, we have walk around pictures like we're doing uh, and we're starting to make sure that we have a, a couple of pictures in there with a big green check mark. Hey, you know, your hood struts are in great shape. You know, we didn't smack us in the head this time, you know, so that's great. You know, the hood didn't fall on us, so we're doing good. Um, but also it tires, your tires are in great shape or little, little things to hit them with first to let them know that what they're doing um, they're, Hey, they're taking care of their car, you know, kind of give them, uh, so they learn their vehicle, but, but, but let them know, Hey, you know, your car's in great shape. You know, you're not trying to, you know, they may want to say, oh, I got to get rid of it. It's just falling apart. Well, not really. You just have maybe one bad wheel bearing and, a, and maybe a, a loose axle or something, you know, simple, simple CV axle. But you're saying your speed. inspection today is part of your retention program for the future. Actually it is. Yes. It is the way that, we put the customer at ease with it, you know, so that they know what to, what to expect. And it's amazing is the majority of our advertising is word of mouth. And we do have a few other little, very little advertising, but the most of the time we have people come in I heard from so-and-so to come and see you guys. Um, or, you know, my neighbor said this, or uh, my, my, <laughs> we had one uh, son came up and visited his mom and his mom was driving the vehicle. He says, well, let's take it down to the deal- dealer over here and get a look at it. She says, no, you won't. You will take it to these guys. Uh, I want my Jeep there. You know, take my vehicle there. Don't go there. And if you, uh, you and so he was very, but then after he, he showed up, he was you know, visiting. Uh, after he came in, he understood why she said that, because of what we offered to her. And a big, a big part of that was reinforced with the auto vital, op, you know, the options that it gave us to add to the repair orders and the inspections. Made a huge difference. Cool. 
we have only 15 minutes left. This is amazing. We are, we are learning so much. I would like to get one false friend um, on the list, which I actually experienced yesterday myself. I, I had to take care of a recall, so I had to go to the dealer. And, and it drove me nuts as a motorist that the, they're still operating in the old mode of you drop off your car and then they say, and then I give you a call later, basically when I know more, right? So there's no, what I would expect is here's our process we're going through, you know, I give you a call exactly at the time or you get a text message exactly at the time or, or, or whatever. I mean, maybe not down to the minute, but so I can prepare myself, right, for what's there to come, right? And when I'm, and I know I get the inspection results when, while I'm sitting in a business meeting. And, and so the false friend I'm talking about is only tell customers about the next step, right? Uh, and and I believe, just from my own experience, that it, at drop off or at any point where you can do it, you know, inform the customer about the whole process. You're doing an inspection. Here's what you're getting. Here's what you what we want you to do with it. How do you do that, Ken? Uh, that is something that we're working on. <laughs> we are still a little, a little bit because uh, we are predominantly the drop-off. We don't have a large waiting room at all. Uh, we have right. very, very, very few waiters. Um, but generally, we will let the customer know that once we have this, we will be sending you a text uh, with some information on it. Um, and it might be, you know, depending on how, how the flow is in the shop, uh, we let them know, you know. We give them a rough idea. We don't get to it's not quite uh, as robust as we'd like it to be, but again, okay. that's something we're we're working on. It's practice. Are you showing Are you showing your customers a um, typical inspection result before they leave, so they know what they're getting? Um, the The ones that come in initially, no, we're not. To be honest with you, we're not. Uh, the ones that repeat customers already know. Oh, they always, already know. They already know oh. the ones they've come in before. Uh, so we just, but we do give them a, a heads up that this is what's. This is what we're going to do, and we will drop you a text with some information. You'll be get an inspection or the work order, and you can look it over, and then we can touch base after that. Yeah, my, my suggestion is have one of your best inspection results you're proud of bookmarked, and before customers leave, you just show that to them. This is what you're getting for your car, and I bet the phone calls are going to go up. Meaning, I can I see that the phone calls you get back once they receive the inspection results because now they have a picture of what they can expect and are getting excited about it. At least the ones who are interested in more detail. Um, we're finding out. We're finding out some of our customers are that they. There's a lot of guys, a lot of people that are don't. They're not tech savvy. Right. So they see the, they get the text, they get the words. That's great. But there's a link on there. All of a sudden, well, what do I do with that? But so oh, they, sometimes they will come in. Yeah, I'm ready mm -hmm. to pick up my car. And well, you know, they just show up. They didn't call. And then we will walk through them, through with them uh, with a you know, big monitor turned around 
and right. walk them through it. And we say, and this is on your phone for future reference as well, and explain that to them. And then they learn, oh, basically we're educating our customer um, right. on what they what to expect the next time coming in. They right. didn't realize they didn't realize that that's what that was. Because right. um, many people are treating it like it's spam or they're concerned they don't want to push a button. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So now let's flip the script and do what they do in a doctor's office. Say, ma'am or sir, we are going to do a vehicle health inspection on your vehicle while it's here today. When this comes to your phone, I need you to click on this link because it's important that we deliver a safe, comfortable, reliable vehicle. We want you to know everything about it today. And, you know, that's how you do it. So if you flip the script around and you're letting them know what's coming to them and what to do with it when they get it, now you went ahead and eliminated that because in... You know, we see this quite often with shops are just starting out that they go ahead and wait till the customer comes in at the end. What they're doing is you're actually, you could be pre-selling something for them to do on their next visit, or you could be pre-selling them jobs for them to go ahead and find somebody else because they make the assumption that, hey, they didn't tell me about it while I was here. Maybe they don't do that type of work. That is a possibility. That's something that each shop's going to have to work through their method methodologies on that. And I agree, it is. Ideally, if we can you know, keep up on top of it, this is what to expect. There is a link. We'll be sending you push that link. It'll give you the pictures that we take of your car and give you information about your car today. And then we can discuss it. You know, we'll touch base and discuss it after you have a chance to look it over. They are starting to get that script down. Um, it, you know, maybe not word for word, but they are getting to where it's, it's getting to be more of a more routine, more muscle memory. But again, it's that part of that, as I mentioned earlier, the constant gentle pressure. Because it's it is actually if you if you are a paper shop or you're just getting into the digital stuff, this is a dramatic and drastic change, um, and it, it can really completely upset the boat dramatically. But just a little by little, get everybody comfortable. Take the next little nudge. Hey, this is the script we start using talking to our customers. Um, the majority of customers over fifty percent are just fine. They know what to do. Click that link, and away we go. Um, I would say it's probably even higher than that, but it's, you know, different, different people. Some of them don't even, we've got a lot of customers still have flip phones. Uh, they don't, they don't want to, they get the text message. Okay, great. They'll stop in. And then they don't, you know, they want the one-to-one -one interaction. Mm -hmm. So the point really that Uva, I think that we really want to get across here is that we don't want to go ahead and just rely on the tool to go ahead and send these messages without telling the customer what to expect and when they're going to get it and what to do with it when they get it. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, people say, well, I got this great digital tool and I'm just going to go and blast all this stuff to, to them and they don't even know what to do with it. Then there's kind of, um, it becomes an enemy rather than a friend at that point. So uh, because it's unexpected, to... right? Because it's yep. unexpected. I get yep. inundated with a message or the lack thereof, right? It's both. It's either, you, so in my case yesterday, it was the worst possible example. They had a power outage. You didn't even know whether they would get to it, right? Do you think I got a message whether they ever got to it? No, at 5 p.m. they said they were done. I can pick it up. And I had to call in, Okay. right? So that's so, the absolute worst experience. And I'm, you know... But that is also an experience that often happens at an independent shop for the same reason. Something gets overlooked, something gets dropped. Right. And right. if this tool, incorporating it, especially because we are using not just the DBI portion, but we're using the workflow portion, right. uh, that has made a big difference because you have a visual 
and you can you know keep in, informed yourself at the desk what's going on where where everything is instead of doing the usual laps around the shop uh, in the shop and outside to know where everything's at um it it's it, it's again it's a learning curve it's a little bit of time it's not uh, you know you tweak it a little bit to each of your own individual you know what right. works for you but there that does happen we had we had a similar case the other day customer dropped the car off in the morning before we opened we didn't know uh, it kind of got missed around the corner uh and then we didn't even know that it was here and then we got into it oh they found it late afternoon they wanted to pick it up at four o'clock we were just getting to it at 3 15. um so it, it it fell through the cracks and so we're trying to figure out okay we have cases like that and you gotta evaluate each one individually okay what part of the tool do we not use you know, what part did we miss? Uh, right. We have the tools, we have them. What do we need to do to address this and, and minimize this happening again? Because we don't want that kind of experience going out of our, and I don't think anybody wants that kind of experience going out of their facility. So in your, your fire prevention plan for next week would be somewhere along the lines of apply a smart marker on it that's going to go ahead and start flashing when this time is exceeded so that people can go in and see in advance or you know, you're using, what part of the tools are you using to go ahead and make sure that you've had a problem that it's not going to happen again? Uh, initially, a smart marker is probably the number one thing we go to right off the bat. Uh, and then as that, you know, we might discover between, you know, we put our heads together and one of the guys might come up with another idea and we'll give that a shot. But generally speaking, the smart marker is the easiest way because especially like you say, it flashes, it grabs your attention. Um, and then hey you know what's going on just as important though is to make sure you have a, a protocol or a, a policy in place if you didn't know okay take a moment out of your you know 10 o'clock break or whatever uh step outside real quick and walk around hey what is this car ours or is this the neighbor's car um is this you know there's this abandoned car in our lot most likely if it's in your lot it's there for service you know chances are people are gonna drop a car off at a shop just now oh, it's a good place to park um you know, hopefully not anyway uh, but there's a chance and you look at your schedule oh hey that is you know mr and mrs so-and-so's i need to get that in here i don't and they did not realize to put the keys in the key box uh so there they you're hunting for the keys you know and that's kind of a trigger so that all these little policies add up but you're you're constantly changing and adapting and that using the tools you know and make the tool work for you to help you do that you know, but you have to keep your comfort rut low <laughs> so you can <laughs> shift lanes so just, quick so enough just, just to have the smart markers and not know when to use them is kind of counterproductive is what you're saying it is you know you can <laughs> you got a lot of pretty flashy screen but you don't know what it means it looks really pretty it looks like it looks like christmas up there uh but there are it is worth digging into those for us it's, it's it helps a lot uh, we're, we're tuning them to our needs and, and even the ones we've made we go back revisit them and tweak them again to make it work better um and that's it's constant which is actually an awesome plug for our next podcast next week. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to talk about I wonder how uh, that happened. smart markers and other productivity boosters. Um, that, and they are, that's an awesome tool, a, a thing you could utilize. You don't realize, you know, everybody's used to the old, old ways, you know, the whiteboard, the, the big, right desktop calendars and, and to be able to see the whole shop in one screen in motion and have it multiple people that what 
you know, when someone in here does something that shows up over here, it's, right. it's a game changer, dramatic game changer. So we're getting down to the end of the hour here. So I'd like to kind of think about this is we've all got those friends that we need to watch really closely. Otherwise they cause some problems. So what are the top three things that we talked about today that are on your friends to watch list? Ooh, you have these tough questions, Bill. There's mm-hmm. so many, there's so many, so many well, friends like this who needs enemies. Uh, communications is a big one. You know, watch that the, the on the, especially on the marker that has starts blinking that we do need to communicate with the customer that we think we're, we are potentially relying on the program too much and not doing our due diligence to follow up behind it. Uh, don't inundate your customer. That's the other one. Just because we have some new fancy toys and it looks and we're really proud of it or we or we think this is really neat. Don't blow your customers out of the water. You know, don't try to over impress them. Uh, because it will backfire now we think it's wonderful that we can do all this but it doesn't it, it will backfire on you and i think you have another one bill because I, I those two are the by two big ones now they got to come from you remember we had this oh. conversation they got to come from you <laughs> i'm thinking i'm thinking maybe we should get more people to explore using the work order section of the repair order which is something that's unique to auto bottles to go ahead and build value into the complex things that we got to do on people's vehicles and we can use that to build value and trust also yeah i, that I is, love that's huge i mean I, I i love this what you described you know for two purposes the before and after is kind of the obvious but also to illustrate that the seemingly high number of hours is needed because it's complex you have to disassemble the Mm-hmm. The car before you, in your case, you know, can replace yeah. the cabin filter, and 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 that transparency, you know, is going to pay back multifold, right? Mm-hmm. Multiple times. It's it's. I, I love this um, that that you use it for that too. I think about it this way is, and we had this happen in the shop all the time. Is their friend or neighbor says, "Well, how come they charge you so much to do that?" They whip out their cell phone and they say, look at what they had to take apart to get to that damn thing. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Education, that's the big thing. It's, it's you, you know, educate your customer and, they, and you'll have a customer for life because they know you're trying to help them and you're not trying to right. just fleece them. Right. And it's great when those customers for life bring other friends and relatives in that are just like them. That's the clientele base. That's what you're going for is a clientele. It's a quality clientele you're not going to be always skeptical of what you do. You trust them, they trust you. So Uber, you got three minutes to sum it up. Take it away. Uh, I don't actually want to sum it up because can oh, wait, just more. said it. That's, that's, oh, we could do another hour about false friends, but I think we, we captured um, the most important ones. Um, and, and Ken gave great uh, examples. And hopefully our audience is going to do some soul searching themselves. What are the false friends? Just because you have been doing them for years doesn't mean there are not better ways. And you know where a great place to go and discuss these false friends is the Digital Shop Talk Facebook forum. And we can go ahead and talk about your friends in there and, and, and the ones to watch and the, and the ones that are 
are really helpful to you. So um, that being said, we're really at the top of the hour. So Ken, I'd really like to thank you. Um, you know, we really like having you on because um, basically you've, um, you know, been through the experience for sure. And you, you've been through it with multiple different platforms. So you've got a little bit different perspective than, you know, those that have just switched over from paper. So we really appreciate it. We'd like to encourage to. those of you that are actually watching this or listening to it later to go to autobottles.com forward slash radio and join us live. That way you can chat your questions in. And if you see another shop owner in your area that's maybe struggling a little bit that needs some help, why not go ahead and invite them to one of our prior episodes that you can find at Digital Shop Talk Radio also. There's 140 something episodes in there. Lots of wisdom from shop owners just like you. Or go ahead and look for us on a podcast platform. Just search for the Digital Shop Talk Radio and uh, maybe send a link to a friend or another shop owner or something that you know could maybe use some help. So that being said, I'd like to go in and thank you for um, helping us out here today, Ken. Uh, Uva, once no, again, um, some great information has been um, shared. And um, you know, go out there and make some money and, and wow your customers and have them bring in some other ones just like them. Absolutely. Thank Thanks again. for having. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Always fun. Awesome. Always is. Always good. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Have a good one. <laughs>